Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast with Jason and John. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and listening. Happy New Year. Happy. It is It is officially 2019 when we're That's recording right, this. That's right. The first podcast of 2019. We, we held out to make sure that we can do it on the night. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we, we slept in a little bit, right? Yeah. A, a, a bit. A bit. Yeah. Well, I guess. Some of us did. I don't know. But you probably got up at five in the morning, right? I think I think I slept until like five thirty. <laughs> you are like <laughs> a, like a seventy five year old, you know, man who goes to bed like at eight thirty and gets up. No, I don't. No, <laughs> I go to bed at like oh, do you stay one o'clock in the morning? Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Staying up till midnight was not. I'm like, yeah, this ain't special. I don't know what you're all freaking out about. <laughs> I'm Bridget and I are kind of night owls, so we're up till midnight almost every night. <laughs> so it's nothing new for us. It's the, it's the nights where you're supposed to stay up till midnight. That's when you start to get you know groggy and. At least this time you had a reason to do it. And it wasn't just that's for right. Show, right. It wasn't yeah. So let's get started with our our usual segment. What are we drinking? What are we drinking? And you've got something interesting in your hand yes, right now. Yes, I've got. I've got ecologic. Ecologisk Cider Peron Swedish Pear Cider Organic. This was another IKEA find. I had the stuff that tastes like cough medicine last episode. So I don't think I've ever had pear cider or really pear anything um, other than pears in my life. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try this. Oh, it's it's not bad. It's kind of like sparkling apple cider. Okay. Which actually kind of makes sense for, or sparkling grape juice or one of those things. So it kind of makes sense for today, since we're recording this on New Year's Day. To, yeah. Yeah. Bubbly? Is it yeah, bubbly? Yep. Fizzy, bubbly. Yeah. yeah. I think Bridget, Bridget was wondering before the episode how it would be. So I think she'll like this. Nice. And I just opened it now, so you didn't have a chance to, you know, knock it over before the episode. Like, I know. You seem to do everything I'm drinking. So. I didn't have any cleanup to do for a That's change. That's right. So I'm going with, because apparently if we do this right, it actually somehow seems to work. We had the Johnny Walker White yep. for the Arizona series. And, and we blanked Johnny Walker. We blanked their, Johnny Walker. Their hot scoring forward who was a top forward in the nation at that point. Yeah. And then last episode... I broke out the, uh, the, I broke out that Alaskan, the Alaskan brewery. Right. And we blanked the entire team. We did. So. So. I've got, I'm going to try two things this time. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to shoot for the moon here. Okay. I've got Breckenridge Brewery's Avalanche Amber Ale. Nice. It is a Colorado brewery, Breckenridge, Colorado. I have toured their facility, so I know where it is, and I've, I've Very been cool. there. Uh, so hopefully, being a Colorado brew, we can uh, we can blink Denver. And I figured since it's Avalanche Ale, and we have an Avalanche draft pick on the team, maybe okay. we can uh, see him have, I don't know, two hat tricks? I'd go for two hat tricks for Tyler. Oh, uh, yeah, I would go for... I'd go for one hat trick. So, yeah. I forgot to shoot for the great. moon. Yeah. I might as well. Let's go for two. Yeah, let's blank a man we and have Tyler have two hat tricks. He's a freshman with two points on the season. Right, yeah, why yeah. not? Three. <laughs> Six goals. Here we go. So, Tyler, if you listen to this. It's uh, a, pulling, man. I, this is not as much as I can do for you here. New year, man. Clean slate. So There you go. Yep. Start off right. So, 
So let's talk about that Alaska recap and our Mavs performance. I think they they played pretty well. I, I uh, think they played say. out. You know what? They they did what they needed to do. They got two wins. And mm-hmm. obviously, you look at a team coming in that we're playing in uh, University of Alaska Anchorage, and you think to yourself, well, they only have two wins, so we should win. But it's never a given in college hockey. And it's a never a given this time of year when you have a few weeks off right around the holidays. So they got it done. Three to nothing and four to nothing. Yeah. We kept them completely off the score sheet, which... Yep. You know, is nice. They they weren't a high scoring team coming in. Right. I think they averaged maybe one point one nine goals. Was it one nine? It was yeah, it was, it was one point something I Fairly saw. low, yeah. So so yeah, we knew we, you know, we didn't have to worry about that, but too much. But it seems like we can always kind of get hamstrung and, and Alaska surprised some teams. They they surprised Coward College. They they shocked uh, North Dakota. So you know, we talked in the last episode about you just can't overlook them. They're still a college team. Right. They're still talented, uh, no matter where they sit in the rankings. Sure. So. And obviously, the first two periods on Friday, Saturday, which, or Saturday. I know we're going to do this a lot. Hey, in it's this podcast, a Saturday so Monday series, which it just completely throws Weird. me off. But yeah, Saturday night that the first two periods lulled, it, lulled most of us to you know. And I think I think I said it to you at the game, but I've, I'm sure I've said it to a lot of people. It's just. They the first two periods they looked like a team that had three weeks off. They did. They they, they, they there was a lot of rust. Both well. both teams definitely yeah. yeah. But then golf the, got thrown out. Yeah, it was like, right. It's, yeah, exactly. So, but by the third period, they had a lot more jump. They, they started, you know, they started to connect. They started to move their feet a little better. I think. Yeah. Um, the passing was quite a bit better in the third period than it was in the first and second. Yep. And this team's going to rely on that. I think they're going to rely a lot on. You know, making sure that those passes are crisp and connected. Yep. And, you know, if we Puck get... handling and passing is going to be big in yeah. the second half. So, yeah, I think uh, I think they, they played well. Evan, I think, did a, a great job. You know, uh, you, we talked about this, that he didn't... He wasn't... He had a shutout on Saturday and was not a star of the game. First, second, or third. Didn't get that was, a that single was great. star A lot of, the of game. people disagreed with that. I am one of them. Yeah. I think that... I... I I agree that he probably shouldn't have gotten the top star in that game because I don't think I think he made better saves on uh, Monday's game sure. than he made on Saturday. But I think he deserved at least a third star, if not a second star. I think so too, especially considering the fact that the first two periods, like you said, were they were these just kind of slow, kind of it was like they were skating in Jello, and uh-huh. and when it's zero zero like that. And you have to kill off a five-minute major. And, and that's what I was just going to say is his performance on that five-minute major was... That's right. ...star-worthy in its own because he made some big saves on that when it's 0-0 early. Because despite the fact that Anchorage isn't a juggernaut, if they get a goal during that... Or two during that five-minute major, that could have been a very difficult game for us to come back and win. So yeah. you just... I, I give him credit. And considering the number of goals that UNO typically gives up, you know, getting a shutout that game. Yeah. And was big. Uh, the big news, he ties Dan Ellis for the school record that for a number of shutouts. It's kind of crazy career. when you think and, about it, but yeah. And, it, you know, I was reading the, the newspaper article. Uh, I didn't realize how many similarities there were. Like, I knew that they came from, you know, the same general area. They're both Canadian. They both came in, you know, and, and I knew that he was close going into this. So, yeah. So there was that chance. Uh, that I was out 200 bucks and, and yeah, <laughs> which Evan, if you're listening, you need to tell me where to send this money 
Like, I already missed out on my taxes for last year, so <laughs> help me out here, buddy. I forgot you were. I forgot that you were still paying a hundred. I'm still hundred dollars for a shutout. For a shutout so. oh, okay. <laughs> so maybe you're gonna have to return some christmas gifts <laughs> yeah exactly you should have forgotten about that till after the anchorage series and then started it up again then I just in the second started. half yeah yeah uh, hindsight 2020 no but that was so. awesome with the dan so, yeah. ellis one of my favorite players he was a great guy and uh and uh honestly he had the same number of saves in that crazy? in the first game yeah. i was like that was just well, he's, cool. I got to tell you, Evan has logged a lot of time for the Mavericks over the years, and it, it hasn't always been easy for him. And, uh, it, you know, very deserving yeah. to tie that shot. He couldn't happen to a better guy. And Yeah, he's a really nice kid. We, we've enjoyed, you know, the, the four years that he's been here, it's, and he's been it's great hard, with the family. And, yeah, so. it's hard to believe. I mean, it just seems like yesterday that I was reading that he was coming in, and he had this goaltender from Saskatoon, which mm-hmm. was headed to Omaha. So it's hard to believe that it's already been four years. Yeah. So, we get the we get shutouts both nights. Any right? Offensively, I think. I think you know. I got to tell you, the the Monday afternoon game, they looked good. They they picked up where they left off right. in the third period. They I sure mean, did. Uh, and they played a really good second period. I thought in that game they and did. And that that period, we spent a lot of time on the power play. Anchorage yeah. seemed to be in the box quite a bit during that second period. Yeah, we kind of force it. The way we move, when we can move our feet and we can cycle the puck, you're going to force teams to reach and clutch and grab, and, and you're going to get opportunities. And, you know, the top line, the Morelli with Olsen and typically Ward. Typically Ward. And I like I like Ward on that line better. Um, seems to do really, really well. I don't know. It's the last few series. Uh, coaches put uh, Tyler back there uh, in a point position where uh-huh. he can really see everything in front of him. Uh, and I think that's really helped that second unit right. get chances. Uh, oh, was it? I think it was Al. I'm pretty sure it was Alfred that had just a great chance. Uh, Tyler gave him a, a seam pass and he had a one time opportunity and just. He, I mean, he missed it wide, unfortunately, but uh, Tyler gave him a a great setup there, and, and it's just unfortunate that that he was a little off and, and missed it. But um, that seems to be working pretty well. Well, yeah, and a player I've been impressed with the past three games has been Tristan Keck. Keck, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's coming on here right at the right time, and we need him to produce. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, Polkinen had. Uh, he, did he have a goal or just the assist? I think he just had the assist. I can't remember if he... Did he get the goal? Either. We'll have to look that up. We'll have to look that All up. Right. But while we're looking that up, uh, <laughs> I've been impressed with Polkanen. I think he's been skating really well. I think well. Timu has too, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I agree with Keck. Um, but I also I also think Polkanen deserves a shout-out yeah. for, for his... You know, he's blocked a few shots he's been playing pretty good defense i thought uh and he's been he's been skating well he's had a few opportunities uh and he's gotten some goals the last few series and stuff so hopefully he can keep that going in twenty. well that's the key we need those second and third line guys to step it up here in the second half of the season yeah that secondary scoring is always going to be absolutely important. so but yeah keck's goal to break the yep. to break the ice in the zero zero game yep. was big it really was 
Yeah, we we just I don't know that we can. I don't know that we can sustain against NCHC teams if right. if the only line that produces anything is Morelli Olson and Ward because these are teams that know how to play defense to shut down right. a top line if that's all they have to worry about. Right. And Keck got both the the first goal both nights. Yep. So. Yeah, I and and like I said, that's the second game at St. Cloud. I was uh, even though the the score didn't indicate it, I was impressed with him mm-hmm. uh, up there in St. Cloud. So. So yeah, Polkinen yeah, just like had the assist on on Galt's power play goal on Monday. I I want to say Monday night, but I stopped myself to make sure I said afternoon. I don't know. They had they looked like they had a lot of energy afternoon. Maybe we need to play all of our uh, all of our Saturday games at uh, all of our second games in the series at noon. <laughs> I don't know. I feel a little, uh, it feels weird I, I remember, hockey at noon, doesn't it? I remember people telling me you're not an alcoholic if you don't if you don't, if you drink afternoon, and I'm sitting here going. The game starts at noon. <laughs> Maybe I'll buy the beer and sit and stare at it for five it minutes. It was weird. <laughs> we believe that that was our earliest home game. I know that there have been some road games when we've been out east. I believe when we were at Quinnipiac a number of years ago, we played an early, early game, game like that. But this, I believe, was the earliest for home, home game. game that they've played. So Polkinen had two assists on Friday night. So he ended up with three points, three assists on the weekend. So Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think him and Keck really came out on yep. this. They they really showed up well. Um, I mean, you expect Morelli and Olsen to put up points. Absolutely, you know, they're two of the top point getters yeah. in the NCHC. Uh, they seem to have some good chemistry together. So so you expect some production and some right. performance from those two. Um, so it's nice to see these two kind of step up. For um, sure. I don't think it's enough. I think we still need some more, but oh, it absolutely. is nice to see it. Yep. Anything else we should talk about about? Alaska coming down and visiting. No, I'm just glad. I'm just glad that they got the two wins. We're six, ten, and two right now through our first eighteen games. Not quite the five hundred I was hoping for by the first of the year, but you know, a couple of those games early on, you turn it around. We would have been talking about a team that had won potentially eight games, and that'd be all right. Yeah, you know, if if we could have if we could have done better, I think against Cairo College. Sure, that was that was a series which I I think was a missed opportunity in the first half for sure. Yeah, and the the five hundred mark is an important thing to get to because you do need a five hundred record to have an at large bid to the NC. It'll it'll AA be a tournament. So. Yeah, but at this point, I'm just you know just going for small victories at this. <laughs> I on the prize, man. I on the prize. I on the prize. So it, we talked a little bit about the fact that we're recording on the first day of 2019 and most of these people are saying, hey, I'm going to get in shape and talking about the gym that they're going to end up canceling at the end of the month. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, you're exactly right. Everybody's <laughs> going on a diet. Everybody's yeah. going to get that gym membership. Post in the comments how many points are you or how many pounds are you going to lose. And Yeah. So let's talk uh, New Year's resolutions for our Mavericks. Okay. What do you think out there? And of course, I think we have to set our own, right? We talked. We have to. Well, set Well, that's our own true. We've got to. We've us. got to talk about our own. I mean, obviously, maybe our news re- New Year's resolution for the Mavericks should be that they, you know, go undefeated the next sixteen games. <laughs> you know, we're we're twenty four ten, and <laughs> we can make our reservations for uh, the Frozen Four in Buffalo. <laughs> I think. 
I think you're nuts. And my New Year's resolution is going to be to tell it how it is. Hashtag no filter. And I'm going to say you're crazy. If We're going to be more the... genuine and authentic on this podcast moving forward. <laughs> I think I would say if we could go, I think if we could go into the NCHC tournament 500, I think that's a good resolution for them to say because... That, that, that you know what if we went 500 that would be a phenomenal second if half. we could finish the if we could finish the season the the regular season before our conference tournament at 500 i think that's that's going to be an a, amazing turnaround that's going to be team. tough oh yeah <laughs> it is six ten and two we've got 16 games left all these so. people saying they're going to lose 40 pounds this year hell yeah well, that's yeah. gonna be tough so <laughs> A lot tougher you don't give up the alcohol and hamburgers and i'm not even those. my new year's <laughs> resolution since the team a lot of times has played really well in the first half of the season right and then kind of slides Tapered off yeah in march my new year's resolution is despite how anything goes the next month or two they have a really strong march so the last series going into the playoffs is strong. Mm-hmm. And then they have a strong conference playoff. And they upset whoever it is that they play in that first round. And they get to the NCHC frozen face-off, which is something they haven't done. And they haven't gone to a neutral site conference championship deal since the CCHA Super 6 in 2005. And I was there. Ooh. And it's been a long time ago. That's a long time. I was 31. No, 32. I was 32 years old when that happened. I'm 46 now. I'm not getting any younger guys. <laughs> can you please so that's, pick the hands That's up? my, yeah, can you please help me out? So that's that's our, you know, that's those are our presumptuous New Year's resolutions here for the team. But I, I want that strong finish yeah. and the trip to the frozen faceoff, regardless of what their record is. You know, once once the postseason comes... Yeah, Anybody can run the tables at that point. They keep working at it, and, and Gabnet keeps you know building a system and building the team, and and you never know what happens. These it, guys can look, turn if, it on. If so. they have a strong January, who knows what will happen. And it, you know, we'll talk about you know preview for Denver and stuff later sure. on, but yeah, I mean, you've got a chance to go in, and, and you get some first wins in Denver, and, and you could... I mean, you could really set yourself up well. Absolutely. At the same time, you know, you could lose both of them by wide margins and, and you could have you, a confidence you, issue. You but... could go 0-6 in January. I mean, it could happen. Oh, yeah. I don't think any of us want to see it happen, but it's going to be tough. And, and those, it, it's it's very interesting how the season has worked out because we played, um, we played four of the NCHC teams in the first half. And we right. went 2-5-1, I believe. And so we played the other three NCHC foes in January. So by the end of January, we'll kind of get a, we'll have a really good idea of how we stack up in conference play. So, yeah, I think the next few games will certainly be telling for the second half of the season. That's and, right. Uh, I remember the days of following Denver and stuff when they were in the WCHA, and we always used to say that January was when the the season really started. And it is. I think that the guys from from what I've heard. From this team, I think they realize that, you know, this is this is when it matters, and yep, you know, you've you've had a chance to kind of experiment with the little things and and, and mess around, but now it's time to get serious and, and get down to work. So absolutely. So now that we've you know 
projected our resolutions on guys who <laughs> probably don't want to hear our resolutions. Yeah. So what are our resolutions for the new year? I mean, obviously we did a podcast and going into 2018, we had no idea we were going to be doing a podcast. So already we're ahead of the game on, you know, self-improvement, self-betterment, you know, activities in life. But I, you know, I would say that, you know, we'll get into what we think, but I would, I would throw it out to, to our listeners and our fans and stuff and say, you know, tweet us and comment and, and that, and let us know what you'd like to see from the podcast in, in the next in this year, I mean, maybe the close of this season and the start of next season. And, you know, I think it'll be good to see, you know, what they're looking, what our fans and, and, and that and our followers yeah, and stuff it, are looking for. It really helps us. And I, it, people will also do this. Like when I do blog posts for Mav Puck, it really helps um, to be able to know what the kind of things you want. You know, a number of people have talked about liking um, the blog posts that I've done on recruiting because a lot of people don't. It's not like Husker football around right. these parts where you, you know, get coverage of that all the time. So I try to focus on those things that people like and that people are interested in. So it's one of those things. I mean, you know, I guess my New Year's resolution would be that you and I find a way, you know, to get invited to the weekly media availability for hockey so that we could ask the coach and ask the players some questions of our own. Yeah, I think that would be good because I think... You know, we look at stuff and in, in this podcast is to date, you know, when we got it started, it was a lot of, you know, what what we thought and what we were feeling as, you know, right. fellow fans of sure. the team. And uh, and I think it would be interesting to have some of that insight in, you know, in a different way. Sure. Uh, plus, I'm with you. I think that the the local media that covers the team, um, I mean, they, they probably do the best they can with the resources that they have. But, you know, a lot of them are not hockey guys and they don't right. know questions to ask and, and they're not pressing and they're well, not and a, a lot of times, deep diving. Absolutely. And when you look at the sports journalists in this town, mm -hmm. they have to cover a wide swath of sports. Right. They don't get to just specialize, whereas you and I get to specialize in hockey. And that's what Mav Puck has been able to do for years and years. But you look at this podcast, you and I are trying to provide uh, more analysis. There was a, a senior UNO administrator who's a friend of ours. Uh, who works uh, in Epley Administration Building at UNO a couple years ago, I remember he said, you know, John, you got a topic right now about, you know, UNO hockey-related Christmas gifts and some right. other stuff. This was right around the holidays back in uh, the 2015-16 season. He's like, but I'd like to see more, you know, in-depth analysis and stuff like that. And it was it was kind of a, it was a, it was frustrating for me because I'd like to be able to do that. And I know you'd like to be able to do that. But obviously, we're just going on stuff that's publicly available. So it'd be nice to be able to ask the coach and ask the player questions. And I don't mean to be presumptuous when I say that, but we have the ability to go in-depth and cover so many more things, whether it's a recording like this, whether it's blog posts, whether it's articles, things like that. And I know you and I would love to be able to do that because we could get it, you know, you know, Gabinet's philosophy and what he hopes to do in the future and how he's laying the groundwork for these things. And these are things that aren't always covered when you're doing quick recaps, you know, little 15 second, 30 second bits on uh, an evening newscast. I mean, we're able to, to dive deep and, and really kind of help to sort of, you know, educate the fans and inform the fans on things that they don't necessarily know about or are privy to. Yeah, and I think when you think of like newspaper and and news coverage, you know, local news and and that stuff, like they're 
they have to they have to provide this wide swath like you said of right of coverage and what they do essentially is is assume that a lot of their readers and viewers and stuff aren't hardcore heavy fanatics right really they need to know what was the score and did we do well and every once in a while throw in a little you know happy piece about someone's backstory and a exactly. feel good kind of thing and and that's that's all we get and i think that the fans that are really serious about this those are the ones that are are looking right. for what's the next level beyond that because it's just not enough and i think that that like you said you know what we're doing we hope is something that can kind of facilitate that but i think that our new year's resolution you know as a as a team is figure out what the two of us can do to get more access to these types of things right. and bring more concrete information. Yeah, regardless of, of whether we get more access, I hope we do, we will continue uh, to strive to get better and yeah. get more information. And like you mentioned, though, with the the, the news media, they try to be much more generalists. You yeah. know, it's, it's almost like, you know, you look at like the medical professions, you have your general family practitioner. Right. And then you've got your cardiologist who specialize in the heart. Well, we're... We're the cardiologists. We're trying to be the cardiologists of this, right? Of yeah. you and Ohaki. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so, and and especially, and I say this somebody who has a degree in journalism and works in social media, you work in social media, right. you know it's a very hard time for the kind of the old school, you know, print and broadcast media. They're, 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 there's fewer broadcasts now. You keep hearing about local media outfits reducing the number of, of afternoon and evening newscasts. The World Herald keeps reducing its column inches. I mean, it's these are these are tough times. So we're able to do it out of the goodness of our hearts and the love of the game. We're doing it because we love the sport. And I think I was telling you, my uh, my brother-in-law was a press officer for a professional cycling team mm-hmm. uh, before he passed away in 2017, and um, he would go to these uh, cycling tours uh, because he covered professional i think i did i just say he covered professional cycling, cycling i think yeah. i did yeah um so he worked for one of the teams he worked for was bmc and they're a team that you will see in the uh, tour de france and he was telling me about how the media rooms were full of of bloggers and, and fan sites and things like that because those are the people that were you know willing and able to cover the sport of cycling whereas the traditional media just wouldn't dedicate much coverage to it yeah and i think two things i think one were we're more equipped to interject, you know, real authentic information right. out of that type of thing. Cause we are right. fans and you've seen the team right. and, you know, we know the sport and we know, you know, a little bit about the players and stuff. So, so we can kind of uh, cut through the noise and get there. And I think we would be willing, correct me if I'm wrong, um, to help facilitate the coverage for sure, you know Tony Boone and, and the World Herald or oh yeah, um, Trip Thor or you know anyone else Thor Trip Thor Trip. I get that backwards again. <laughs> yes, you did. Holy cow! Apparently, Jason's gone dyslexic, but it's okay. Um, this beer is really good. <laughs> I'm gonna blame it on that. We're sorry, Thor. Uh, yeah, um, apologize, buddy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you know it's a it's a perfect opportunity for us to kind right. of team up with them and say, hey. You know, we'll do we'll do the legwork. We'll get some of the stuff, and then um, who knows? Maybe you see the Mav podcast on the evening news or something. Well, crazy you know, like it's that. it's like it's like Sean Callahan who covers. I mean, he started out 
basically having a fan site and then he ended up on KETV. So you just never know with this stuff. Yeah. But we'll continue doing what we're doing. Because we love what we, we really do. Enjoy it. That's right. So let's talk. I think we've heard a lot about the team about you know what the system that that Gavinet's trying to instill right. and, and what he's trying to do and you know again not having access to these type of things. These are not questions we can ask directly and get answers to. Right. But it seems like the the word around the locker room is that Gavinet's trying to instill a I don't know if you call it more of a traditional system. It's more of a lock system, you know, something where we limit opportunities. You play a, a strict defensive system and then try to have the ability right. to capitalize on offensive opportunities. Uh, and I think, you know, when we've, we've been hearing this last few weeks. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been, there's, uh, I've gotten a couple of calls about this mm-hmm. and then there was just a discussion, um, yesterday on twitter about this yeah that they're going to play this kind of slow it down style try to minimize the other team's opportunities right not the kind of the freewheeling run and gun that we saw you know for the better part of the dean blaze Blaze era era. yeah dean blaze that was his team that racehorse hockey yeah yeah speed Um, creativity and so you know obviously when people say that then they start having visions of you know the years when we were in the wcha playing bemidji or I use the example of like when Air Force gets the auto bid from Atlantic Hockey into the NCAA tournament and they're playing a high-powered team, they'll go in there and they'll try to slow the game down and essentially try to shorten the game. Now, I know I have my feelings on this, and I know you have your feelings on this. I right. I would rather watch the more entertaining hockey, even in you know the faster-paced, you know, flying up and down the ice hockey, even if it results in just bad loss after bad loss to try to get the team sort of going that direction. But again, I don't know what the long-term strategy of Gavinet is. Maybe he's a, you know, get a good goaltender and then just build from the net out the kind of, like you said, a rock solid defense. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see if, if they indeed employ that style of play in the second half, it'll be interesting to see how successful they are with it against the best of the best in the NCHC. Yeah, the teams that could essentially pick that apart. Right. If you don't do it well. Right. And I don't know. I wonder, you know, all the things that we're hearing, I wonder, is it is it the long-term strategy? Or is it Gavinet looking at what he has you know, left over from the Dean Blaise era and right. saying, we don't have what we need to keep playing that style? So Be- let's go back to a, a lockdown kind of you know right because and that's that's, until i can build what i want to exactly and that's that's one of the things that he's said is that looking at the composition of this roster we have to play a very particular way in order to win games now obviously that's a that's a very generalized kind of comment so he's not necessarily saying he'll play a lockdown style but it sounds like that that's what he's going to do and so i don't know if people are reading between the lines or if this is something he is actually said to some of these folks, because I know some of these folks have a little bit more access to the coaching staff than we do. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. The question is, will that yield long-term results in the second half? Or is that just a way to kind of minimize your losses? And, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from that it's, it's not an exciting, it's not an exciting play. It's, it's not what right. you'd Not that I have to be entertained, choose. but you know, well, but, 
But if that's his, I mean, my feeling is if that's like his long, if that's the way he wants it to be long term, right? You know, would it be advantageous to go go that direction now? Let the young guys have some experience doing that, or or do you just wait until you have a full lineup, a full arsenal of players who can execute what you want? I think it's what concerns me about it is that I look at our team and I'm not confident that that they can do that. I mean, I don't see our guys selling out to block shots. I don't see them, you know, collapsing and expanding the way that you need it to happen in right. a net forward approach. We've seen we've seen moments of that this season, but we haven't yeah. seen it consistently game by game. There's and there's kids that, you know, Tyler comes from Tyler specifically comes from a system right. with the US development program that's always been a pressure system. And I, as long as I can remember, they've always been a pressure. I mean, even in the days when we were getting our butts handed to us, like in the the seventies and stuff, I mean, the development program's always been a pressure system with the few exceptions of when, um, the 1980s, the, the, the late eighties, uh-huh. Yeah, or the late seventies into the early eighties. I mean, at that point in time, you had you know, uh, of course, the Miracle on Ice, and Herb Brooks and that stuff, and, and his style. And part of me thinks that that Gavin is trying to kind of take that philosophy. Sure. I don't know that it works long term because I don't know that these guys are going to buy into that kind of system and that kind of style when you don't see a whole lot of NHL clubs running exactly. that kind of system and that kind of style. Exactly. It's um, And you mentioned Tyler Tyler Weiss. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you look at forwards like him, these guys like to, you know, operate in these creative systems where they get to improvise more and, flow and, move and use their skills. And yeah. so you're, you're right. It's, it's Is it a temporary thing for this season or is it a... You know, oh, it's the next two seasons until we. I don't. I don't know. It's go back to go back to when we went to uh, the Muskegon game right. versus the Lancers, and we yep. we got a chance to see three recruits. Those are not three guys I look at saying that's the quintessential net forward approach. Those right. are. I mean, one of them's an undersized forward. Yep. Uh, one of them's probably works in that system. He's, he's kind of your traditional. Um, defensive first center, and then you've got kind of a role-playing wing. And yeah. I just, I don't see those as the puzzle pieces to get you to a Dean Blaze kind of flow system. It's, it's right. almost like he's, it almost seems to me like he's trying to blend the two, and okay. he's wondering if maybe the best approach is to say, out with the old, in with the new, we're going to play the old system, and then we're going to kind of develop ourselves back into something where our our defense plays a little bit of a lock. So uh, something a little bit more balanced. a third defense, and sometimes they, they used to call uh, they used to call the system, um, what was it, the, the Iron Triangle system. And, and it, was, it was a sense of basically you had two defenders and a center that played a really tight... Uh, block shots, uh, you know, just a very like let the game come to us kind uh-huh. of approach. But your wings were fast and all over the place, okay. and that was like it. It would wreak havoc when when it first kind of started getting implemented, nineteen uh, nineties uh, or so. Okay, um, and, and 
the problem was that like you have space and you have time and so you're paying attention to the the center and the defensive in front of you and you're not realizing where that wing is because they're so quick and speedy and right and so i could see a system like that working you know long term for us but yeah if the defense isn't um accustomed to to playing that kind of system right if the forwards aren't ready to to pursue right uh, then yeah maybe maybe that's maybe that's it's like we just gotta we've got to get back to we've got to figure this out first and go net forward first right and then we can start bringing in this other concept of how do we activate the wings and how do we get that because hoping hoping to kind of stop some of the bleeding they had early on in the season right. where it was yeah and i worry that that the reason for doing it is just a uh, um we don't we want to try to prevent the the 10 nothing loss yeah and that um, that's that's my concern too and i believe me if we were getting paid to coach the team, we might look at it and say the same thing. You know what I'm saying? We might oh, have absolutely. the same philosophy. But yeah. obviously being the armchair analysts that we are. And we're not at every no practice. Pressure. We're not at every team yeah. meeting. We're not no. in the locker rooms. We don't no. know that, those kinds of things. So right. there's a lot of information that we don't have we don't have. into this. Yep. But as a fan, we don't want right. to be in a situation where, you know, we watch the team, you know, block a bunch of shots and chip and chase and there's kind of nothing going on right um and then twice a period we get a chance and it yeah. gets sent wide or you know they miss the net completely or it rings off of a post and we end up losing you know to nothing and it's right. like oh I, I wish we, i'd rather I, essentially fight playing for the moral victory is kind of right what talking about. and you know, fans don't have a whole. <laughs> fans don't have a whole lot of morals. <laughs> you and you and I would probably like to go more of the high risk, high reward. It, and it's probably a little bit just you know personal preference. Right. I mean, that's what I played growing up. Um, right. You know, my I had a I had a role and a responsibility. Like I remember right. my coaches, you know, preaching to me like my job is to win faceoffs, to block shots to be a royal pain in someone's butt there was always one player like <laughs> annoy the crap out of him that's my job right um and you know every once in a while put a puck in the back of the net i am sure. not the guy that's going to be out there and leading the team and scoring right uh and you know i'm okay with that i'm okay with my role because there were guys out there that you know were certainly more way more talented than right. i was um but as a team it was fun because yeah. we were winning and I got to play high pressure, so I got to like chase guys around and, and aggravate and annoy. And sure. um, I, you know, I en I enjoyed playing that kind of system. Uh, and I think that some of these guys, I look at Tyler uh, in the second half of Monday's game. He, he was there were a couple times where Alaska was breaking the, the on the long breakout, and they were still in their zone. And he made some, I thought, some really nice lane fills. Like, right. he's not, he's a smart kid. And yeah. uh, Timu's the same way. Yep. Timu, I think, fills the lane really, really well on that aggressive forecheck. So if we go to a system where we're net out, right. where does that forecheck, like, what happens exactly. to that forecheck? Yeah. Is it a one-man up type right. of thing? Because the, the one-man up thing, I mean... That's why we have this stupid back pass through the neutral zone on the entry <laughs> that drives me crazy because I'm like, why would you ever like stop the puck from moving forward? Right. Um, and I watch it going, oh, I don't like that play. I know. Um, 
I don't see it working that much. And I don't think I, I don't think we do that. I don't think we fall back and do a, you know, some kind of like one four system. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be yeah. Like I'd rather just see put two pressure on and we'll see what happens. See what I know. You and I are like, let's just throw caution to the wind, leave it all <laughs> out there on the ice. But that's not why we're that's why we're not getting paid the big bucks. Balls the walls, baby. That's right. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> right sometimes i wonder do these these guys these players actually listen to our podcast and think these guys are idiots yeah they probably more than likely why can't they be our coach (laughs) i highly doubt that i highly doubt it too (laughs) uh so i guess guess we'll see kind of what what becomes of this you know denver will be telling because the denver series that kind of leads us into the denver series it'll be interesting to see that is a place that we haven't had a lot of success in recent years do you remember when the last win uno had at denver okay i'm gonna guess here because i have not looked this up but bridget and i were out there in october or november of 2013 and i believe we swept denver was that the last time we won in denver was that fall of 2013? Or I thought you were going to look uh, it up. No, I had already looked it up. I'm, okay. I'm trying to remember. Okay. Um, 13. Yes. Yeah, it was the 13-14 season. Yeah. Yeah. And so I were you, assume were you guys, it would have been Hey, by the way, were you, I didn't know you guys back then. Were you guys out there? Uh, we were out here. That's because we moved to we moved to Nebraska in 04. No, I mean, did you guys go out there for the trip? No, we did not go out there for the okay. trip. Okay, uh, it's quite possible I was out there, but okay, not not for this. So in 2013, okay. So that's like five and a half years. I'm trying to remember. Was that before they hired Jim Montgomery, or I keep asking you all these? I just keep throwing out these random um, questions. 13 would have been Montgomery. Okay. So that was like maybe his first, first or second season. First season. Gwazdecki left. It's the 12th season. Oh, did he? Okay. 11, 12 season. So, so yeah. 12, 13 would have been first. Crazy. So 13, 14 would have been second. It would have been the start of his second season, right? And it's not like the 13, 14 season was a completely memorable season for UNO, but. Yeah. It's hard to believe we haven't had success out there since. But they've really been able to shut us down I, in recent I, years. And I think the scary thing is, is that some of those losses were really bad losses. They weren't like, they were. Oh, we were so close. It was like, we don't belong in the ice with these guys. And you keep thinking every couple of years they keep losing some of these guys, you know, like Tanner Gillette, mm-hmm. Dylan Gambrell. And yet they keep having guys <laughs> you think, come to the surface. This is our year. No more Gillette. They still, they still have Jared like, Luko. Eh. They, one of my favorite names in all of college hockey, Jared Luko Savage. Which it doesn't look like it's spelled like Luko Savage, but you know it's pronounced that way. Right. So just yeah, it's a cool name. I know. Yeah. So it's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one, but that'll that'll really set the tone kind of for the start of the second half of the season here, going out to Denver. I I think that the Denver teams the last five years are probably better than the Denver team this year. Right. So if we're gonna do it now, would be the time. Now would be the time to take advantage of that. Uh, that said, like you said. Denver is Denver hockey. I mean, they they have down years, but they typically don't last very long. No, and in recent years, they'll find a way to turn it on in the second half of the season, and they'll look fantastic. I'm trying to think, do they play somebody this next weekend? Do you? 
when we're off. Yeah. I'd have to look that up because I don't remember if their schedule supports another or if they still got one more week off. Yeah, I don't remember either. It'll be interesting to Let's see. Let's see here. They've got Wisconsin at Wisconsin January 4th and 5th. Okay, so that'll tell us that'll that'll tell us a lot. Well, in the days leading up to this series how that, I, mean, I mean that could be bad for us when you think about it because we have a week off. This is that's their rust game. And yep. we're going to be sitting here going we haven't played and we just got two shutouts so we're, you know, we think we're hot stuff and you know, this could be the sadly this could be the eye opening game you're absolutely right so maybe we should get into predictions and why we're getting into predictions <laughs> then and i will i will start this week i think okay. uh i i want to be nice but then again i'm not really a nice person so <laughs> i'm i'm gonna say that we get swept by denver i think my my thought is is that Denver comes in having refined their play against Wisconsin. They're ready to go. I I mean, even if they split at Wisconsin, it, it, to me it doesn't really matter. Like they just have a chance to kind of work off their their holiday rust uh, with that series, and then. You know they're kind of on their usual pattern. They're in their usual schedule. They really they're are. on their daily yep. routine, uh, and they're at home. So you know they've got the comfort of their own beds and and all their own stuff. And you know I just think that you know with our our issues at Denver, I think it's in our players' heads a little bit. So I've got us losing on Friday. If we win, we might win on Saturday. But unfortunately, I think that. The right. loss on Friday will probably hurt us, and then we'll probably lose on Saturday as well. This will be the first series that Denver has played at home since November. They played at North Dakota, and they split with the Fighting Hawks. And the then Denver they just Hawks. and then they just had a yeah the fighting. I wanted to say <laughs> I wanted to say Fighting Sioux for all you Sioux fans out there. And then they had an East Coast little swing where they uh, played Merrimack and UMass Lowell, and they won both of those games. Uh, at the end of December. And they looked pretty good at UMass, I'll tell you that. They did look pretty good in that game. So they're going to Wisconsin, which uh, Wisconsin isn't what they were during uh, some of their national championship seasons. But they're still a good, solid Big Ten team. And so I'm going to go with Denver sweeping us out at Magnus. So we're both... We we both don't give ourselves a I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but I... Let me ask, do you agree that if we win Saturday would or do you think that we would be able to come in on Friday and surprise them? I think we I think here's here's what I'll tell you. I think Friday would be the best opportunity to win. Because okay. like I said, they had that East Coast swing mm-hmm. which you're talking about, and then whatever happens at Wisconsin, let's say they go out and sweep Wisconsin. They could be looking ahead a little bit. They could be overlooking us coming in, being that we've struggled the first half of the season. Yeah. So I think that that would be an opportunity. Plus, they haven't seen us yet this season, so I think maybe. But it all depends. Or, like you said, maybe Saturday's time. But I, I, I'm kind of going back to that St. Cloud series where I know some people say we played better on Saturday than Friday, but you know the score was closer on performance, Friday. like outcome-wise. Friday right. was a better game. Right. They had 
kind of weird sometimes the the team plays better and you you have a worse loss right. or something so exactly so they've just got to cut down on the mental mistakes stay out of the box yeah this team in general just has to you know play smart yeah absolutely um, when you if you don't have anything ice the puck reset right um you know don't try to force it don't try to you know Yep. We gave it. We gave it away to Alaska. Uh, you know, we talked about that yep. about Evans' performance. But right. I mean, there were there were a few times where we made bonehead plays and tried to send the puck up the middle, right. and they had quality opportunities. Right. Uh, and we got lucky that you know Evan was was playing. You can so get away well, with that so against Anchorage, but you can't get not, away with that. Denver's going to bury the, those. Yeah. Right. So we really we really need to play almost the perfect game. Right. And these guys need to be ready to do that. So, yeah, we'll see. And lots they of kale, lots of kale, and they may be playing the style of hockey that you and I don't love, but maybe that's the maybe that's the recipe for success the second half of yeah, the season. The crazy thing is, play whatever style you want. If you yeah. win, the fans will be like, "Yeah, this is awesome." Yes, yeah, great. Yeah, you're <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we had six shots the whole game. I don't care. We won. If you nothing. win one to nothing, you can lull us to sleep every game in the second half. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, I think that's all we got. Right? I think that's all we got for this episode. I would wish our listeners happy new year again. And thank yes. you for listening. If you are so desire, you can follow us on social media. You can follow us on at MavPuck at Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media channels and back episodes of this podcast at MavPuck.com. And you can also sign up to be a member of MavPuck.com and post on our message board. And with a weekend, I mean, we got a week and a half, so right. it's a good chance to kind of catch up on some of those older episodes. There's some good stuff on recruiting back there. Uh, I did a blog post on the 1970s club team when yeah. Mike Kemp coached that, and it's really interesting. Uh, the uh, UNO Chris Library helped me with some photos for that. They were very nice to do that, and so they sent me some beautiful photos that you can take a look up. There's some in the blog post, and there's a photo gallery link That's from the blog post, too. Yeah. Yeah, so great content for you to kind of catch up with. And yep. till we see you or talk to you, see you. Yeah, it's, I stare it's weird into this... my microphone and talk to you. Exactly. And... It's weird because we got another week off, but yeah. we'll get back in the swing of things. Here. Right after Denver series, we'll be back with uh, a recap and, and looking forward. And yeah, we'll, we'll see how this uh, second and, part and of the season is going to go. That's right. And who knows what the hell we'd be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it could be dangerous. Go Maps. Go Maps. Go Maps.